What's going on? And welcome into the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson. It's the final one of 2021 as the Pelicans will head to Milwaukee tonight and we'll take on the Bucks tomorrow afternoon inside Pfizer Forum looking for the season sweep. But the Bucks are looking a little different than the last time these two teams inside the Smoothie King Center. We welcome in Dave Payne, the radio voice of the Milwaukee Bucks in his first year with the team. Dave, I appreciate the time. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing, Daniel? I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate it. One talk about, you know, this is a this is year number one for you in the NBA. You spent a ton of time with the University of Virginia. So I'll get to Trey Murphy in a moment. But just how has your first season been so far? Obviously, some, you know, COVID cases have gone around the NBA. It's been pretty wild. But for you, uh, what's it been like so far? Yeah, it's been cool. You know, I mean, it's, it's just a different schedule and different. It's just, you know, there's a lot of differences to it. And, you know, I think getting used to that schedule is obviously a little bit of a challenge in terms of all the games and the pure volume of games. But that's also part of the cool part of the whole experience is just the fact that you do get to do so many games and you, you get to work on your craft as a broadcaster, which is kind of neat, too, because there's so many opportunities to just hone your skills. And I really like that part of it. And then, of course, the opportunity to be a part of the game being played at the highest level. Uh, you know, to watch Giannis Antetokounmpo on a regular basis is almost like one of those pinch yourself type of experiences is, is you see this team. But it's the, 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 the neat thing about the Bucs is it's not just Giannis. The pieces they put around him are pretty exceptional, too. And, and I didn't have, obviously, a true appreciation for that. We, we can get into that here shortly, yeah. uh, you know, down the road when we start talking more about the Bucks. But, yeah, for me, it's been it's been fun. It's been uh, an adjustment, as I fully expected it would be, especially after you've done something for 13 years. I was at the University of Virginia. But the, the chance to go from calling a national championship with the Cavaliers to having an opportunity to hopefully one day potentially call another world championship for the bucks um you know those are, you're, you're living right when you get a chance to kind of say those two things in one sentence no doubt about that you talk about adjustments what has been the biggest adjustment for you so far and it could be not even on the broadcast or maybe like you said just a difference in schedule for this team um but what has been the biggest adjustment for you yeah i mean i, I think the schedule piece is a big part of it um j- just the sheer volume and, and i think that's going to potentially be a really like a year-long process for me is figuring out exactly what I need, what I don't need in the way of preparation. I, I've always been kind of a beast of preparation, but then again, I've had a little more time between games typically to do that preparation. So to to carry that all over to the NBA, I, I don't know. I think sometimes I wonder, you know, you're just constantly tooling what's too much, what's not enough. And so that's something that I'm kind of valuing. And your sources change, you know, what's important in the NBA isn't necessarily important in the college game and vice versa. I think the NBA is much more uh, metric driven. So how far do I go into the weeds with some of the metrics uh, with the game? Uh, you know, I, I, that's that's also something you try to figure out as you go along here. And that may be something that I kind of consider for the long term here in this job in terms of what is I, you never want to speak over your audience, but you don't want to speak under your audience. And you also recognize that your audience is varied in terms of their knowledge of the game. So how to best present the information, put on a good show is one of the tricks. And then the other part of it is being the new kid in school. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what this is for me. You know, you're traveling with a team and, and you're, everybody's new to you and you, you kind of learn this process as you go. It's, it's kind of an interesting setting because it's not just me in my first year with the Bucs. Lisa Byington is in her first season as well with the television broadcast. So the two of us, have, it's been kind of cool to be able to navigate these new waters together and kind of experience it and, and, and bounce ideas off of each other. So that's been uh, a neat exercise as well with this whole thing, but yeah, it's 
it's been drinking out of a fire hydrant. I always kind of was looking at the schedule and I was like, all right, if I can get to January, yeah. I think things you get into your rhythm more because December was a grind. I mean, I, I think the, I think the Bucks have played more games than anybody in the NBA. We, we played, I think the Bucks played 12 back-to-backs and they played seven of them already this season and four of them were in December. So December was a bit of a grind, but you know, you get used to it. And once you've seen teams once, man, it's so much easier that second time, the first time through when you're building everything out from scratch. So yeah, it, it's been an interesting, a fun ride, but an interesting one too. And it still continues to be that way. Yeah. I think our grind was October, November, as far as the six back-to-backs, our condensed schedule. So December is kind of lightened the load a little bit, but you're right. There's some parts in the schedule where you're just trying to keep your head above water just to get ready for the next game. Before we get into the Bucs, uh, of course, you were able to call games for Trey Murphy, who was our number 17 overall pick last year after a trade with the Memphis Grizzlies. Look, I really enjoy Trey on and off the court. Obviously, I think he has a bright future in the NBA. At, at what point did you feel like he, he might have a chance here in the NBA just based on what you saw from him in Virginia? Yeah, first of all, what a great kid. Uh, you yeah, know, absolutely. He's, he's just a lot of charisma and very easy to talk to. And that was one of the neat things about being at Virginia was there's so many of those types of guys that Tony Bennett brought in that, that you really were quality human beings too. And I think that's one of the things you start with, with a guy like Trey, he, he, he is this quality human being. Of course, we only got to have him for one year because it was, uh, you know, and it's fascinating. His journey has been intriguing because lightly recruited out of high school, he grows a bunch and then the next thing, you know, he's at Rice, two years at Rice, he wants to learn defense, decides where better to go learn defense than to go to the University of Virginia and work under Tony Bennett, who's the best in the business at, at growing guys on that side of the floor. And, you know, the, the plan was he wasn't even going to be available to play that first year because then all of a sudden COVID hits and the COVID exceptions allow guys to skip having to redshirt and sit out a year after a transfer. So I remember, I think it was in November where we found out okay, wait a second, he's going to be able to play game one. And we didn't know until the very end that he had didn't receive that waiver. And then ultimately they passed the waiver for everybody. So he would have been able to at some point anyway. But but yeah, so he, he came out of the shoots hot. I think the first game he played, he hit like five or six three-pointers. And at that point, we were like, whoa, wait a second. This guy's <laughs> maybe ready to go now. And then he had a little bit of a rough patch. And, and there's a little bit of a, a growing process that came with it. But it was, an, it was an intriguing Virginia team that had a lot of different shooters, and there was some good spacing out there. And Trey, you know, you just watched him play, and you saw that he has the athleticism. He can be a true 3 and D guy. I mean, that ability to stretch out, and he's got that the, the good length. All the, the tangible things that NBA teams are looking for is the ability to, 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 you know, I think he has the potential to be a really good defender. But, you know, that was something he was working on when he got to Virginia. And, and again, we only saw him for the one season, but his ability to shoot it, you know, obviously in the NBA, you better be able to shoot the three ball and he can do that. So um, ready made from that perspective, but it'll be fun to watch him grow. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into the Bucks a little bit because you talked about the depth that this team has and a team that has won the championship last year. I mean, it feels like I think the record is either 12 and three or around there when the big three play. So obviously you've dealt with health and safety protocols, some injuries, but I mean, is this team potentially better than the team last year, just based on the depth that they do have and kind of the continuity around that? Because that seems to be a recipe right now for teams that are at the top is continuity. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> I think, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I do think they have the potential to be even better than they were last year. But that said, take everything with a little bit of a grain of salt this year, as you know, with all the different movement with rosters this year, it's hard to, to, to pay too close attention to results. <clears throat> so much of this is who are you playing and when are you playing them? 
and to that end, the Bucs have played the easiest schedule in the NBA to this point. So that, you know, it, it, once they start going against like teams, it'll be really intriguing to see how that goes. Cause obviously if you played the easiest schedule to date, it stands to reason you've got the hardest remaining schedule in the NBA ahead of you. And that's what the Bucs are dealing with. So yeah, the big three, 16 and two now this season okay. when they played together. So it's, you know, and I think the efficiency numbers go something to the effect that I think when those three are on the court together, it's it's just over 11 plus 11. When they're off the court, it goes down 17.5. So, like, it's it's a major difference when those three are out there together versus when they're not. Now, that said, they do have some intriguing new pieces. Two guys that this team added in the season that have actually played really well, uh, Boogie Cousins and Wesley Matthews. Now, Cousins' deal is non-guaranteed, I think, for J- January 8th. And so we'll see. It'll be fascinating to see what they end up doing with him. I think the plan was to bring Matthews back at some point, but they brought him back earlier than they were expecting to because this season early on, it was it was Orlando who's lost more more games to the you know, man down games yep. than anybody in the league. But then right behind him, it was the Bucks for a good portion of the season. The Bucks were shorthanded so much of the year, which is sort of ironic now that the rest of the league is. Suddenly shorthanded. The Bucs have just two guys out. Brooke Lopez, who hasn't played a game this season. And now Brooke comes back, it changes things for sure even more. So it's almost becomes a problem of rotation. And it's a problem every team would love to have. But how do you get everybody in there, maintain your flow, keep your chemistry working as best as you can, and keep everybody happy? Now, that's the challenge in front of Mike Budenholzer. But it certainly helps to have the two-time MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo, setting the tone, not just with his play, but his mentality is unlike anybody. I mean, covering him, there were some things you just can't get a true sense of until you literally see it play out. And he's a fascinating guy to watch, but he does set the culture for this team. They're going to miss PJ Tucker. That's the question, you know, PJ Tucker left. That's sort of the the question that surrounds this team in a lot of fans minds. What do you do against a Kevin Durant type when you don't have that person to kind of sick on him? But you make the case you can do that by committee. You're not going to stop Kevin Durant with one person. I mean, it's kind of like trying to stop Giannis with one person. It's going to be a by committee approach. So, again, it, I'm really looking forward to the second part of the season when we start to see some of these more high-profile matchups for the Bucs and how they fare. You talk about DeMarcus Cousins, Wesley Matthews. Is Cousins the one that's benefited the most from some of these players being out? I know Brooke is not a health and safety protocol, so it's not like he was brought in for that. He's brought in because Brooke is going to be out for a little while. But – who has been able to benefit the most from this situation? I don't want to make light of the situation, but as far as guys trying to make the most of the opportunity, has there been one particular guy that has, whether it's a Marcus or someone else? Yeah, I mean, I, I think two guys that jump out to me right out of the gates are Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen. Uh, Grayson has been struggling here a little bit the last couple of games, last three, um, but he, he had a non-COVID-related illness that kept him out a couple of games. He hasn't quite looked the same since, so I don't know if he's battling that and kind of getting back and maybe some physical things, I don't know, but uh, he's, he really, maybe more than anybody, he was, he was a new acquisition in August for the Bucs and he came in and was just an outstanding contributor right away. One of the top three point shooters and his defense was better than advertised. And he stepped into a bigger role with this team. So now how does he adjust when he steps back into maybe a little bit of a lesser role, supporting role, that's going to be something we'll watch. And that's kind of goes back to this idea of chemistry with this group. But, uh, you know, where, where do you guys fit in with the new reality once these big, you know, weapons come back into the fold and all play together? But, you know, so Grayson's one. And then Pat Connaughton has continued his evolution. I mean, this guy just he, – he is the true positionless player. At times they've even had him at the five when we – there have been games where the Bucs just haven't had a single post player. 
You mentioned Cousins. He's been a great stopgap for the Bucs, too. But, you know, you wonder what his ceiling's like in a, a playoff time. It, it's got to be the right matchup. But he's actually been a little more spry than I think a lot of people would have expected. He had a couple moves the other night in there in the Bucks win that was uh, kind of like channeling his younger self out there, Cousins. But um, so he'd be another one. There's just a bunch of guys that you talk about, even Bobby Portis. I mean, Portis was a mainstay in that playoff run a season ago. But, man, with him in the starting lineup, he showed he can be a legitimate starter in this league. Now, is he as defensively sound as a guy like Brooke Lopez? No. But he has gotten better there, I think. And, obviously, his ability. I mean, he was 10th in the league at three-point shooting uh, going into last night's game and hitting a career-high two three-pointers a game. So, he, he's doing a lot of things to stretch defenses. He's got some – Interesting pieces. You know, that's the thing. When you ask these questions with this team, that's the beauty of it. You can go on and on. The list is so long, to your point, with the depth of this group. But then when you got the weapons, like Drew Holiday, you guys saw Drew. I mean, you know Drew yes. well. Uh, what he did in New Orleans was amazing. What I love about Drew is when he needs to be the man, he can be the man. And that's what he did in New Orleans. He had to carry the team. He was one of the only guys. The Bucs were completely shorthanded in that game. And he puts up 40 points. But when he needs to step back, and be more of a facilitator. He's just got the the selflessness and the IQ, basketball IQ to do these things. And he's got the feel for the game. He's been one of the guys that's really, I didn't have an appreciation of what he's about either. So uh, he's just, and he's a great person, you know, so it, it's, he's been a, obviously a great addition for the Bucs. Yeah, that, that's been around the league as far as the last couple of years is the appreciation for Drew. You don't really know it until you get to see him. And for us, we've seen it for so long. And then when people are like, wow, he's, you know, he's a really good person on and off the court and a really good player. We're like, yeah, we, we know. And so it is just a matter of just watching him a lot. And you had the pleasure of being able to, and we won't forget the 40 points that he dropped on the Pelicans. I know it was a loss <laughs> for the Bucks, but uh, definitely uh, a Drew Holiday type game against his former team. A couple questions for you, Dave. Really appreciate the time today. Uh, one, you know, you talk about how they're, you know, the depth of their team. You talk about how well they are when they're healthy. Where is this team most vulnerable right now? Is there is there a, a kind of a leak there or somewhere that maybe, whether it's the Pelicans or someone else, tries to attack every single game? Where are they a little vulnerable right now, if any place? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if there's an area that, that has been – that folks have been wanting them to answer to is maybe big man depth. That, that could be a question. You know, is Boogie Cousins the answer there? I don't know. Uh, we'll see. He's played pretty well, but he's a little older coming off of two major injuries. And, you know, see the long-term answer there. Do they make a move in terms of the, the trade market for a, another big guy? I don't know. And then, you know, the, like I mentioned earlier, I think the P.J. Tucker absence, that void of the, the guy who can go out and, and, and be your Kevin Durant guard. Um, I don't know. We'll see. That's the other area that I think remains to be seen. Uh, Shemi Ojale was brought in hoping that he would be the answer there. I don't know that he necessarily has been thus far. His offense has really struggled. I think defensively and rebounding is a pretty good player, but you can't be four on five completely. And that has sort of been the case offensively when Shemi's been out there at times. And so he's been trying to find his way. Um, you're kind of looking for one more person to maybe step up in that regard. I guess those would be the first two things that jump to my mind when, I, when you talk about areas where you're still waiting to see what this team's going to look like. You brought up uh, Drew Holiday and what he did against New Orleans a few weeks ago, and you mentioned how shorthanded the Bucks were. They will not be uh, tomorrow night inside Pfizer Forum. So, one, can you really take anything from the first matchup between these two teams based on the different rosters? And, two, kind of what are you looking forward the most about tomorrow's matchup between these two teams? Yeah, I mean, I think what I'm looking forward to is just the opportunity to see the Bucs play with a, a normal roster against against New Orleans. I'll, I'll be honest, when we got to New Orleans in that last game, I, I 
sat up there and I was saying to the guys I was working with, this is going to be a tough one for the Bucks to be able to pull off because they just were so shorthanded, just did not have the personnel. And I, I was actually, you know, happy with the way they played in that game, even in spite of the loss, given the circumstances. So, yeah, it's it's I, mean, I, I think more than anything, it's just to see what they can do with their full roster. It, interestingly enough, you know, the Bucks have had a lot of teams number through the years, um, not necessarily with New Orleans. And we saw it particularly on the road in New Orleans. So this is regardless of what's going on with the Pelicans. And obviously they're dealing with stuff too, with no Zion and, you know, Ingram's status in question too, in terms of whether he'll go or not and some of the other pieces. But uh, yeah, I, I'm. It, it's been fun to have a pretty good feel for what you're going to get with the Bucs. You just hope it goes that way. I guess I should knock on wood in the NBA <laughs> these days. The second you feel like you got it figured out, all of a sudden here comes the Woj bomb or whatever it is another player in health and safety protocols. But, you know, again, my hope is that for the Bucs, that maybe they're getting this out of their system. They were one of the first teams to be dealing with this Omicron virus. And so uh, a number of guys were out for an extended period of time, including Giannis, including Chris Middleton. Um, and so, you know, maybe this is they're, – they're getting it out of their system. Who knows? I, I don't pretend to be an epidemiologist. <laughs> I just play one on podcasts like this. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to just seeing a full roster. And, you know, what does Drew do again? You know, what does he have as, as an encore? 20, 40 points in that game and doing it all. You know, and, and, and that's the other thing, is you know, with Drew, it's not just the stat line. I mean, his ability to do affect the game in other ways on both sides of the floor is just mind-numbing. No doubt about that. That's Dave Kane, the radio voice of the Milwaukee Bucks. Dave, I really appreciate the time. Happy New Year, and I'll see you inside the arena tomorrow. Thanks, Daniel. Safe travels getting up here. Happy New Year to you, too. There he goes, Dave Kane, radio voice of the Milwaukee Bucks. Should be a good one tonight, or I should say tomorrow, if I can get my days right. 5.30 p.m. Central from Milwaukee. You could watch it on Valley Sports New Orleans. If you're not in the Pelicans area or New Orleans area, I should say, you can also watch it nationally on NBA TV. Or of course, I will have the call with Aaron Summers on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. We'll be back for another week of podcasts. It's a long week, a tough week for New Orleans next week at home. They'll have the Utah Jazz on Monday, the Phoenix Suns on Tuesday, and then they wrap up the three-game homestand with the Golden State Warriors next Thursday. Hope everyone is a safe and happy new year tonight. Don't drink and drive. Enjoy the company that you will be with. And we hope you enjoy a basketball game tomorrow in Milwaukee as the Pelicans take on the Bucks. For all of us here with the New Orleans Pelicans, again, Happy New Year. I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeky.